Imagine if we did it to a metronome. And I think that I am going to share some love with you. Bum, bum. <laughs> you could make a little. We do. We need like a like a you know a jingle. Like a, yeah. <laughs> what will our jingle be? <laughs> the deep place on creativity and spirituality. My name is Joy Prouty, and I'm Joel Macero. Welcome to our podcast. carrying around this jar and yeah. I'm trying to gather as many bits mm. of presence of, uh, that my children are uh, alerting me to mm. or that the, the bird is telling me or, mm. <laughs> you know these 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 acts of noticing contain them all in one space so that it can light my way forward I have to learn from every single person mm-hmm. every single other than is me otherwise I'm just I'm just listening to the echo chamber of my own privilege this past 4th of July uh, in America we celebrate Independence Day. And so um, we were going to see fireworks. We were at this park and, uh, you know, with five kids, there's always someone that is unhappy. And so the fireworks started and we had the blanket out and we were all sitting there with our funnel cake and, you know, pretzel and cheese and the whole thing, right? I was ready to just sit there and take in the fireworks. And, uh, you know, two of them were just ready. They were done, you know, and the fireworks are loud and you're plugging their ears. And so I, I, I said, okay, I'll take them back to the car. And so I was carrying one child and Mabel was walking and, um, and I was, so the fireworks were going off and I was walking towards the car, but we had to walk back past hundreds and hundreds of people that, you know, the park was full. And, and so we're walking back and I'm just, uh, Smith is in my arms and he's crying. And so normally when I'm walking somewhere where it's fairly quiet, no one was talking, you know, there was just the sound of the fireworks, but it wasn't continuous and he was crying and and I realized no one was looking at him which was actually it's really rare because everyone is usually bothered by a crying kid and we were walking against the flow everyone was looking at the fireworks and we were walking away from the fireworks and as I was looking around I realized everyone's mouths were hanging open no one was noticing that he was crying in my arms or that we were walking past their blankets and on their stuff because it was so dark no one cared and people were standing on top of their cars and sitting on the roofs and in the back of pickup trucks and on the top of a basketball net and people were get trying to get as 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 close as they could to see these fireworks and Mabel said mommy why don't we have fireworks every day and and I said well baby you know if they were every day no one would be looking up and so we stopped and he's still crying and no one's looking and we just turn around and look and every single person is just wowed in amazement at watching these fireworks because they only happen once a year but I had never seen just hundreds of people all captivated at something so in, in so much amazement, just in total awe. And I got in the car and we were what it was just it was such a special moment. And I just started thinking about all of the things, you know, how, how can we have that same 
amazement in our everyday life. You know, how can I continue to be amazed and which we have to be amazed that practice the art of noticing things to do this kind of work, to do artistic work. Um, but it, but it can be quite an incredibly difficult task to, to view the everyday things as miraculous as people view fireworks. Like how often do we climb up onto the top of our car to see the stars, even though they come out every night? Mm. Not, I can't think of the last time I did that. But it was shocking to see so many people amazed. Mm. It's, ra- it's, it's rare. Oh, Thomas Moore calls it the re-enchantment of everyday life. The re-enchantment of everyday life to see things as though we were seeing them for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when Aiden was born, and um, I would get down, and when he was learning how to crawl, like crawl on my knees with him, mm-hmm. and try to see things from his, from his eyesight, like from his. Mm-hmm. He's seeing this flower for the first time. How incredible that would have been, uh-huh. and just trying to. Um, to remember, I've seen flowers so many times, and so I forget how beautiful and incredible they are. Mm. And fireworks, just like you yes. said, causes you to to stop, and and you do you can't help but be in awe of them. Like the other night, I saw the fireworks of of the SpaceX rocket launch yes, from yes. from the Joshua Tree Desert. Wow. And as it, it exploded in light and the night sky exploded in light and rainbow light and this fountain of light that streamed off this rocket going off into mm. space. It was incredible and the wonder and the awe. And, and then I think, can I find the same... in the midst of vomit and poo (laughs) and the mundane existence of Mm -hmm. parenting and of the normalcy in our lives for all of us the reality of our lives is that they are mundane Mm. they are filled with the menial things with having headaches and migraines and washing dishes and and mowing lawns and all of that kind of stuff and I can either I can either in the midst of doing all of that stuff just be frustrated and want to get to the good stuff um but what if we can find what I've been learning is what if what if I can find the deeper thing within that and enjoy this feeling of I used to hate mowing the lawn, but enjoy this feeling of 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 the the joy you get in getting hot and sweaty and mowing a lawn. There's actually a beautiful something in that. So it's it's. I think I force myself to realize that we all have mm, those mundane times in our lives. Our lives are full of them, not just small time. Most of our life is mundane with the occasional pockets of this incredible, amazing stuff. Um, so I try to find the beauty in the mundane. I try to, I look again and I look again and I look again until I can find it. (laughs) 
so I talk a lot more about vomit and poo than I ever used to. It is true, the joy of parenting, 3am spew flowing through fingers in a somewhat hopeless attempt to avoid changing a bed sheet for the fourth time that night, bucket lying somewhere on the floor, a pregnant wife throwing up in the room next door, these mothers with morning sickness, they are superhuman. The next morning our boy is playing and he holds up a bucket pretending to vomit just like mum does. He laughs his head off as he does so and I think to myself, this is who we have become. Vomit and poo. They are a consistency in my life, sadly more so than writing and poetry. And if it's not these bodily explosions, then it's hour after hour of reading the same darn book over and over. That freaking hungry little caterpillar, he has eaten through planets worth of food by now. And there can be no lying down for more than 10 seconds before being pulled up from the couch to play games and chase the boy around the house. And it's one more load of washing and the lawn that needs mowing and dirty dishes in the sink and this playground followed by that one and it's a crying son this is life this is all life and i am not just talking about parenthood it is there for all of us behind the instagram photo and the facebook post there lies reality mundane reality vomit and poo We spend our lives running from it, escaping from it, but it's always going to be there, so I figure we might as well own up to it. Your life is not that exciting. Most of the time it's working hard and cleaning dishes and answering emails and dealing with annoying people and problems with your bowels and a friend who is depressed and it's eating and pooing and buying groceries and getting sick and insect bites and self-doubt and crippling loneliness and suffocating families and watching countless hours of TV. There is no escape. Life can be so darn boring. But I wonder if it has to be. I wonder if boredom comes only when we give ourselves to it. I wonder if boredom arrives because we have lost our sense of wonder, wonder at the small things. I wonder if learning how to wonder again is a way out of this. I wonder if I have used the word wonder too many times in this paragraph. But could I find the wonder still at 3am cleaning up vomit? I am sure it must be there, possibly in the knowing that I have a child and this child looks like me and he came out of the deep love of my wife and I and I know so many people who cannot have children and actually how blessed I am that I get to clean up his vomit and I can take him to the hospital and I think of the millions of sick children who cannot afford medicines, this is life beneath all the mundane and all we are tempted to be bored with and escape from there is always more to it there is never nothing happening 
So whether you are at home with a child or at work or can be a free spirit traveling where the wind takes you, everyone, everywhere, all of us, we are still faced with the mundane. Whether it is hours on an airport floor or hours trying to put my son to sleep, cold, sterile hotel rooms or a home dripping with love and sameness, the grass seems to be always greener. It never is. So I call bullcrap on the tied down lie. I call it for what it is, a lie, a taunt thrown at others by people wanting to feel better about the season of life they find themselves in. Rather let the rope that ties you down be the anchor that holds you in the midst of storm and circumstance. Let the rope that ties you down be the anchor that holds you in the midst of storm and circumstance. See, perhaps the trick to this thing called life is to find the wonder right where you are, the grass on which you stand. Right where I stand, the grass on which I stand, vomit and poo from a son who makes me laugh more than I ever have. Countless children's books carefully crafted from extraordinary artists, a wife that I still call home, who is soon to give birth to a melody, clothes hanging on a line in the yard of a house that keeps me warm and safe, dirty dishes washed after eating, delicious meals with the family and friends, time to write, like right now. It may not be as much as I would like, but it is there. This is life. This is all life. So may we delve beneath the facade of the self we want to project out to everybody else. Let us not seek to escape from the mundane reality that we find beneath it. Boredom is the curse of a generation who has been given too much. Let us see if somewhere in the midst of it all, we can find the wonder again. The grass is not greener on the other side, so let us find meaning in the mundane, beauty in the boring, enchantment in the everyday, positivity in the poo, the virtuous in the vomit. Okay, that may be taking it too far, but this is never easy. This, this will not be easy flies in the face of society's conditioning, instant gratification, especially with something so ridiculously selfless as parenting, but surely it is worth trying. Whatever season you find yourself in, whatever reason your life is lived, so here's to life in all its glory and all its ordinary. I'll see you there, in the midst of it all, probably with red tired eyes, vomit stains on my shirt, and poo beneath my fingernails. So many of your poems have such great importance and depth that when you throw in some kind of humor or yeah. you mention uh, you don't make it the, the the ugly word into a pretty word you let it be ugly yeah, yeah. uh it's it, it 
it does something, it allows mm. it to feel more human. I mean, do you mm. have a, a thought process behind that as to, you know, when you're sharing a poem that is very, well, that has a, an edge of being crass in it or being uh, really honest, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, what are you hoping to pull, uh, to, what are you trying to touch on with people when you're doing that? Uh, I think I'm just trying to be real, like to show the reality of life, that life, like creativity should be raw and it should be full of, of pain and crassness and beauty and glory and all of those things mixed in together because that's what life is because mm-hmm. life is full of all of those things mm. it's dirty and it doesn't make sense and it's confusing and sometimes you just get pissed off and so you it's got to it's there and we can either avoid that or we choose to bring it into our creativity yeah, it's really hard to live a creative life because everyone is so appropriate. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, yeah. and everyone really doesn't like to talk about how they're hurting. Yeah. And so to then try to, to, to create art that talks about hurting things that yeah. are really real and maybe ugly and not yeah. so pretty. The words are not so pretty and maybe the picture's not so pretty. Yeah. That it's... it's um, getting people to shift their mindset and even shifting our own mindset in the midst of making that Mm. is really, it can feel uh, sometimes um, pointless for Mm -hmm. a better word, Mm -hmm. but you keep doing it. We keep doing it. We keep doing it because that's what, because if we can show the world through our creativity that even those things they deemed unacceptable or crass in their lives or or ugly or a mistake that there's beauty in all of that beauty folded deep into the darkness of everything if we can show them that that means they can accept their lives like that means they can um that means they can accept that they're a mess and that their lives are a mess And then that's okay because there's still magic in there. It's when we pretend Mm. that we entrap people into this comparison thing and this um, I need to be better than I actually am thing and I need to put up on my Instagram all the photos that shows me, you know, those like just getting out of bed this morning, looking amazing in my makeup and my un. <laughs> do you often clothes. do that? I do it every day. Um, I must have missed those. Yeah. <laughs> so talking about how to find, how to make beauty from the things that maybe don't seem so beautiful. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and I've given myself that same challenge many times and I've been stuck over the years is mm. try to do something new, you know, instead of shooting sun flare, shoot in super grainy black and white and use uh, the fridge as a backlight to create uh, some sort of new creative challenge for myself mm. that, that that highlights what light and darkness means without getting too cheesy or you know trying to satisfy my inner artist and so for you you know how do you <laughs> it's it, it's always it has been shocking for me always when I hear you say something that's uh that takes some, one of those 
words like poop, you know, like it's not, I wouldn't often take a picture of something like that. And yet you choose to somehow write about it and, and use it in a way where it's like, it somehow hits right in the middle of a poem that's telling a much deeper, uh, it it has a deep significance. And yet you're acknowledging this super, uh, you know, not so pretty thing right in the middle. I get my students to do wherever I'm at when I'm teaching about this kind of stuff about um, about kind of slowing down to be present to the world to the reality all that kind of thing is to just to stop and and people can even do this now as they listen to the podcast to stop and to be as present as they can wherever they are at mm-hmm. with all of their senses so to sit and to look around and to smell and to taste and to feel and to listen and just sit there for a few minutes and observe the world and and zero in on whatever kind of stands out to you whatever whatever evokes something in you and just sit with that and and study it and observe it such a crucial thing with our creativity um it's uh, yeah mary oliver who the incredible poet who takes her creative discipline was to take a notebook around every morning go for a walk with a notebook and just observe mm. observe the and, and those observations then came into her poetry that would connect uh-huh. the observations of animals with some deeper reality that she was playing with yeah. but she'd just take a notebook and observe so to mm. um to to observe is really important to be mm. present to the reality that's around one of the creative disciplines i i would do to help me with this um started with my son with aiden when i was on the ground with him those times is i started getting a magnifying glass mm. and i would just look through a magnifying glass 
um, at things because I'd forgotten how to look at things. Huh. <laughs> um, and I, it became my own creative discipline that I'd, I'd go for a walk, um, creative and spiritual discipline, that I'd go for a walk for half an hour each week with my magnifying glass and look at flowers and look at bugs and look at and that kind of stuff. And then, and then I got Aiden a little a little miniature magnifying glass and we'd go together and we had a little observation <laughs> oh, book that wow. we'd sit there and we would write observations in. We'd sit with a snail and I'd say, what do you see, mate? Tell me what you see. Let's write it down. And we'd write it down and um, and then I'd say, and what's that like? What's that? Um, and then kind of getting him to think metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that, that one smells. What does it smell like? That kind of idea. Yeah. And... Um, Incredible, like wonderful for me and him as as yes, that's so as beautiful. him and my son. Yes. Incredible, but just such a so the creative discipline of noticing and observing and and choosing to see, I think, is really important. Yeah, and setting the example, like you just and said, you know. So yeah. you know, and and that was something when we saw those fireworks. You know that yeah. it's always the children's acknowledgement of things or questions of things that always stir the deepest uh, yeah. revelations or yeah. observations yeah. Uh, in myself, which I think is for all parents, mm. probably if you're, you know, the, the more I actually listen, mm. undistracted, the, mm. the, the more attentive I am to the beauty. And mm. so... Do you have fireflies in Australia? No, we don't. You we don't? don't? No, we don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Maybe they have them in the north, but I don't think we do. I think, yeah. Okay. So I've seen them here. Oh, have which you is seen incredible, them? Incredible. Yes. I haven't. That possibly they have them in New Zealand. Okay. So yeah. when it's firefly season, you know, children are just running around in the dark with jars, just chasing after them. You know, trying to to, to, to capture, capture this light in the darkness, which wow. is fireworks as well. This dramatic people are shocked. It was the same thing with the with the solar eclipse, and yeah. you know, and, and just uh, everyone's staring up in awe at this mm. thing that is mm-hmm. seems miraculous. That is unexplainable Mm. um you know or this these fireworks that why does it make all of these adults unable to speak Mm. (laughs) with their mouths hanging open you know that 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 what causes that and then what do what what do they do with it how many of those people carry it past that moment or or think about how do we do this regularly (laughs) how do you how do you do how do you take like that desire to observe these fireworks and be moved mm. by them. How mm-hmm. do you take that into the reality of your life? Mm. Is there a creative discipline? Mm. Is there a well? I'm 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 working working on that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know I've really found uh, that presence is the salve for fear, mm-hmm. and as I'm working through my knowing that I come from making decisions from it's my natural inclination to go to a place of worry as a first response mm-hmm. or to allow it to sit there. To then to to think back, I was so moved by that experience of mm. seeing so many people in awe at the same time, um, and going to such extents to, to to really savor it as well as possible. That that I it 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 shifted something in me, and you know the all the always these shifts happen where we see something incredible. 
And then we want to figure out how to sustain it every day mm-hmm. or how to, how can I continually dose myself with that every day yeah. so that my yeah. blank paper can be filled with something really yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, because I was so inspired, I wanted to write. Of course, my arms were full of children, but you know, I made a voice memo and I emailed it to myself so that I could follow it back up later with something. But, but I just, you know, it's really when I, I've found myself, when I start to, when I start the, to worry, I force myself look around and I really have practiced, you know, your all using all the five senses, you yeah, know, when you're talking yeah. about making the word bank for writing in that same way, yes. it's, 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 I'm creating a, um, a bank of presence, huh. um, wow. to, 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 to fall back on, to imprint, imprint upon my mind, to fall back on. So when the worry starts to spin, I go to the bank Mm. and then, you know, I can create something from that, which means, you know, the presence, it's like, I'm, I'm accruing all of these, these experiences. I'm I'm accruing these. I like to call them fireflies because I mean, that's, it's really what the best way I can explain it. It's I'm carrying around this jar and I'm trying to gather as many bits Hmm. of presence uh, that my children are uh, alerting me to, Hmm. or that the the bird is telling me, Hmm. (laughs) you know, these, these, these acts of noticing contain Hmm. them all in one space so that it can light my way forward. Hmm. Um, and, and it's, they don't, it, it, that, that fireflies are so amazing too, because yeah. do you know, they live underground for almost two years and then they come out and they only shine for less than two weeks really? and they have to shed wow. their skin underground uh, four or five times. And they're like these glow worms, but no one can see them glowing wow. until they come out. And it's for such a short amount of time. So that's why the children just run around like crazy because they only come out for like two weeks of the entire year. And so I, as I've taken the time to really watch them, I was watching them run around with jars just yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, if only I could, I, if only I could, right? That was my initial thought. Yeah. If only I could. And then I realized I am, I am doing this. And, and, and I don't have to have an entire jar. Just no. one firefly is enough. Yeah. And, and it's okay. Just one firefly for that day. And the next day I know I'll get one more. I just mm. one a day, one mm. a day. And that's enough. I, I it's like, I, I just, <laughs> because I like to control things, I would like to have a hundred fireflies, yeah. uh, a lot of fireworks every day, yeah, but just, right. you know, just like I told Mabel, if yeah. I had the stockpile or if I had the fire, the fireworks every day, then, you wouldn't then it wouldn't them. matter. No, you just get annoyed at how loud they are. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the children are crying. <laughs> yeah, right. Dog, dogs are wailing. I remember when I remember walking through um, a, a shopping centre, a mall, um, in Australia a few years ago, and being on the second story, and I was walking along, and I looked down, um, and kind of continued walking, and then did a double take, looked back, I was like, oh, and there was this. There was this girl down there, and I was in kind of a an area in this mall where the um, the roof was was glass. It was a glass ceiling in like mm. a circular kind of area, and there was like a shan big chandelier type art sculpture type thing hanging from the roof and the sun was coming down through the glass roof and striking this glass chandelier and it was like splaying light out in every direction like a mirror ball like light like 
dancing all around this room and, and everyone, I was in a rush of like I'm doing, I hate being in shopping centres and malls so I was probably trying to get in and out as quick as I could and, and everyone else is just doing their shopping, doing their thing and I looked down and it was almost this like stereotypical girl in the sense it was like um, blonde hair in pigtails with a red dress this girl dancing around chasing these light spots as they fluttered around and she was filled with joy and everyone else is walking along not even noticing not even seeing just as I was and she had grasped this beautiful incredible thing in the midst of um, the the commercial um, shopping centre mall that we were in and was chasing after mm. it. And I stood there on the edge of, of this thing, tears in my eyes, just thinking, I have, I've, I've forgotten to chase the wonder. Uh. That was the words that were coming to me. Mm. I've forgotten to chase the wonder. I need to chase after wonder. I mean, my children are showing me, <laughs> are, are opening up me up for the opportunity for wonder all the time. It's yeah. distraction that keeps me from being present for it. Um, so, you know, and, and distraction leads to guilt too, but, uh, you know, unnecessary shaming of oneself. Um, but I, I, was, I was on the back patio and I walked out and, and a bird flew into the back patio and, and Mabel came out and, and, she, and she said, oh, was it a cardinal? And I said, no, it was blue. And she said, oh, I saw a cardinal in the front, in the front yard last week. And, and I said, oh, you did? And she said, yes. And I just wanted you to take a picture. And I said, you wanted me to take a picture? You know, it's, it's such a gift as a photographer to hear one of the kids say that they wanted me to take a picture because normally that's not the norm. Yeah, yeah. It's normally my thing, not their thing. Yeah. And I said, well, why did you want to take a picture? And she said, it was so beautiful. I don't ever want to forget. Wow. And I realized, oh, and this is why presence is the salve for all fear. Because when we have, when we, so photographs, right? To take a picture of this cardinal, she, all she knows is she wants to remember it was beautiful. And, and for me, that's, it's the same for me. Why do I want to take a picture? Because I want to remember that this thing that happened was really beautiful. Not that perhaps the thing that I'm looking at is beautiful, but the way I'm feeling about it is really beautiful, yeah. which was that same experience, you know, of every, every beautiful thing that happens, I want to take a picture. I think it's our inclination now for us because we're not walking around with journals like we were mm. maybe a hundred years ago, mm. or you're the writing man, you tell me. <laughs> um, they were documenting it all with written word. Well, now we all have iPhones, and so take a picture so we don't forget. But then we're never looking back at the pictures and letting them change us. Mm. They're just living there. So it's like we have all of these beautiful moments that we're so anxious to capture and take pictures of, but then, but then they're not. We're not allowing them to become symbols of something that changes change us uh, yes. um, and so it was just it just was it meant so much to me when she told me that she wanted me to take that picture because it was beautiful and she, she didn't, didn't want to forget that yeah. the, the remembering is the thing that really mm. gives you something to hold on to mm. uh, Elizabeth Browning says earth is crammed with heaven but only those that can see yeah. take off their shoes yeah, earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush is a fire with God 
but only he who sees takes off his shoes. It's one of my favourite quotes. And it's so often the kids who take off their shoes, isn't it? They are always shoeless. <laughs> they do not ever have their shoes. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never. But they don't seem affected because, you know, they they don't have as much weight. They're not mm. carrying as much weight. Like my feet hurt. Mm. I have all kinds of problems. Mm. I have to wear my comfortable shoes. Yeah. And they just... They just dance in the light and they totally. go on the rocks that I, I can't stamp on that and they just dance on it. Mm. it may, uh, yeah, like it makes me think that it's it's not even just... Here's the thing, it's not even just that we're seeing beauty, we're seeing... We're seeing heaven is what is what Elizabeth Browning says. Like, yes, it is. We're seeing God, we're seeing the sacred, we're seeing the transcendent when we stop and see... That every common bush is is a fire with God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of the the Franciscans who say that God is beauty. Mm. That when we experience beauty, we're experiencing God. We're experiencing the sacred, mm. and how um, how every moment can be this connection to the divine to something transcendent, something larger than us, if we are willing to take off our shoes and notice. Mm. And if we're noticing every human, and we, we're, if we are saying that every human is created beautifully, yeah. then every human also is the embodiment of God. Absolutely right. And if we're noticing and doing this artistic uh, pilgrimage every day, yeah. <laughs> then, our, then our goal is really to notice that every that God is in everything, and that is why it is the salve for fear. That's right. Yeah. Presence. So, Presence. so take it away from just observe finding um, beauty and therefore God in nature. It's finding beauty and therefore God in people mm. and in the people we deem that God would not be, that mm. beauty would not be. Mm. It's being willing to observe and slow down enough to hear people's stories and to, like like you have said so much in this podcast, to look someone in the eye and to to find them there, mm-hmm. to find the the beauty of who they are there. Um, the in one of my poems, one of my poems is called Namaste, and I talk about. Um, um, why don't you speak it now? Should I share I it now? I think you should share yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think I have it recorded, so I can say it now. Um, well, this is the debut of Joel McCarrow's poem called Namaste. So I used to think that heaven was up, up there, out there, some spiritual cloud in the sky, some place separate from this, this earth, this life, this body, this flesh, this scrappy fracture this bent and broken I, I used to think the point of living was the getting there in the dying to to leave this earth behind but this earth if there is a god who made it then he said it was good uh, i must have misunderstood on my way up i miss the god who is coming down for what if god was one of us 
just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on a bus or a tram like yesterday, like drunk shakes, like stubble of chin, like lazy eye, like God begging for my money down here amongst it all. They tried to tell me that God could not be found in such places as this and could not be seen in such people as these, yet I have never seen God back away from his own presence before. Like, the time that I met Joe, I mean God, I mean Joe, Joe was a lonely man, the sort of dirty smudge most choose to ignore, and I had always been one of these, the type to ignore, conditioned not to see he in front of my face if he looked different to me. The day had just begun, a yawning morning, the sun was blinding, I was window gazing and looking for breakfast. Instead, I met Joe and took a seat beside him silence the voices of my social conditioning, those defining who is in and who is out, who is safe and who is scary, who is worthwhile and who is not. You see, stranger danger may keep our children safe, but it too often keeps us lonely. Joe was a a lonely man, rough beard sprouting from unclean face, shifting eyes hidden well beneath drooping beanie, tattered clothes hunched back, skin wrinkled, pulled back tight around bones. I bought God breakfast, I mean I bought Joe breakfast and listened to his story, a tale of loss and suffering and pain and perseverance. His wife and daughter had been sideswiped by a drunk driver. Joe was a lonely man, a lonely man with a bad bed. You see, he lived in a housing commission set of flats nearby and his mattress there was worthless, a thin strip of rubber that gave him pain and sleepless nights, so I offered to buy him a bed. He refused. I refused his refusal. He told me that he didn't want to be a charity case. I I told him the very act of him refusing meant that he wasn't being one. I pressed and he gave me his address and I rang a bed company and had one delivered the next day. And then the old man broke into tears and I broke into tears and God broke into tears and he wrapped me in his arms. The smell of unwashed clothes, stained memories and the tears that fell like rain. I have never been hugged by God like that before. So I say to you now that if everybody is made in the image of the divine, then does not this divinity reside in everybody? As the Hindus say, Namaste, which means I bow to honour the divine in you. And by you, I mean you. And I mean the man begging on the street and the refugee behind barbed wire fence and the lady beaten by her husband. And somehow I also mean her husband. The addict and his dealer, the street worker and her pimp. Namaste to the boy carved into being a terrorist. Namaste to the boy carved into believing that every Muslim is one. Namaste to the oppressed and the oppressor. Namaste to you, Donald Trump. Namaste to all those people we find so hard to love. So imagine the world if we chose to give people back their humanity by seeing their divinity. Every single body made in the image of the divine. Look them in the eye and you'll see the Christ as he says what you do for the least of these.
What you do for the least of these, you do for me. So let us give ourselves to that heaven, that down here heaven, heaven on earth heaven, that love your enemy as yourself heaven, that namaste heaven. So namaste to you. And namaste to you. And namaste to you. understand the people who are other than us those people who are separate outside of my my culture my people my my fishbowl fish in a bowl doesn't know that it's wet one of my favorite sayings how much we need to get out of our fishbowls and and see one see that we are <laughs> the reality of the wetness that we swim in mm. um what we don't realize about the culture that we are swimming in, in swimming in, and and two to connect with those who don't fit in our culture, who could never fit in our culture. Me as a me as a, a white middle class Anglo rich in terms of the rest of the world, uh, married heterosexual man, like that's <laughs> that's all of these cultures, all of these parts of me. That's that's all of the patriarchy and the hierarchy and the dominant if i'm not willing to if i'm not willing to listen to those who are different to me to those who i have to learn from every single person mm-hmm. every single other than is me otherwise i'm just i'm just listening to the echo chamber of my own privilege mm. i'm just listening to the um, it's what it's why social media and all their algorithms and everything just sucks because all we hear is the people in our in our sphere in our mm. and and it creates just fish bowls everywhere mm. um, rather than getting out and f- seeing the the divinity and seeing the beauty and seeing all of this in the people who are not like us. Yes. And as that poem said, imagine what the world could be if we did. You know, one of the places that has taught me so much about seeing the other is the sponsor for this podcast, Whitley College in Melbourne, Australia. In fact, they've just opened up a new higher ed course Uh, with Nates, who were the Native American Institute for Theological Studies. This is a course that focuses on theology through Indigenous eyes. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, So go and check out Whitley College at www.whitley.edu.au. I love the words of, of Meister Eckhart, who's an old Christian mystic. Um, he says, you must learn to penetrate things and find God there. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's both, exactly as I've been talking about, it's both the incredible creation that's all around us and it's the people within our lives and the people who are other than us outside of our normal lives. It's, it's 
finding the divine within those places. Another guy named Frank McCowan, he says, to find the sacred within, I must cultivate the proper eyes with which to see the world. Mm-hmm. To, to see, uh, it's so true, like that cliched saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It, it actually is. We can go through this life not seeing beauty, but if we choose to look for beauty, we will see her everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can walk through down a street with a bunch of people and, and a photographer takes a picture and it's like everyone else has walked past this thing and not seen what mm-hmm. it could be, mm-hmm. not seen the, almost the thing that lies beneath the form of the thing is probably how I would phrase it like that there's a beauty beneath the form the photographer gets down and captures it in just that that way that everyone else is like how the heck did you see in that like I just walked past this thing and just like a normal whatever log leaf mm-hmm. something blah 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 and the photographer has the vision to see what it could be to see what it is what it truly is what lies the beauty that lies beneath it mm-hmm. and is able to draw that out and, and mm. give that back to the world whatever causes you to wonder run towards that that's what we do as creatives mm. that's what creativity is whatever causes us to wonder and awe be it fireworks or sitting with with joe on the street yes it's run towards it Yes, I'm so. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Mm. Uh, I'm. I think it's so easy to think that it's the, the world tells us this chasing after things for the pure uh, pleasure yeah. of presence and curiosity and yeah. wonder is yeah. frivolous. Mm. Uh, that's that's what I think. So many of our <laughs> minds are telling our minds at the same time, right? That, that, that this is what are you doing? This mm. is silly. You're acting like a child, mm. as though that is a shaming statement. Mm. When I think what we have been talking about this whole time is, Amen. Mm. Yes, like instead of it being shamed by that, let's take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, right. that, that's the ultimate compliment. Yeah. Acting like a child, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Because yes. that means I'm not judging you. I'm not judging me. I'm just just here to play and I'm wonder. Just I'm just I'm just exploring my world. Mm. That's really what they do. They're taking off their shoes and they're exploring their world. And yep. my son spent uh, three hours in this little half put together shed up on our hill that just is this piece of wood that he leaned up against a, a tree and it now it's 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 a magical dreamland. Uh, yes. And 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 he invites me up and most often I, t- I say, No, no, I'm working I'm doing this and, and then I, I go up there and I went up there and he said, Look what I made and I looked down and he had created this whole world. But then I looked up and the sunset, it was so beautiful from up there I wouldn't have been able to see it mm. from the house. I had to climb the hill to see the mm. sunset. Mm-hmm. And he said, I've been trying to tell you to come up and see it and yet I was thinking, Oh, I have all these adult things to do. Yeah. yeah. And this happens five hundred times a day where they ask me to see something and yeah. I'm just a minute. Yeah. You know, and so that phrase, just a minute, yes. I've realized it's it's like a four-letter word. <laughs> mm. uh, it, it, at least the way it feels to me when I say it, it's, yeah. it's worse than saying a four-letter uh, word. Yeah. And so I said yes, and I climbed the hill, and I got up there, and I then I realized, 
oh, he was trying to show me something that could feed my creativity and my soul. And there I was denying it, thinking that I was doing the appropriate thing. When in fact, the appropriate thing was this, was not the smartest thing to do. The smartest thing to do was to follow the call of the mm. child. Mm-hmm. So perhaps a, um, a task for our listeners mm-hmm. to, to finish off probably there's two tasks here one is so something that I do with all of my students my creativity students when with the stuff that I teach is I get them to have an observation journal just Mm. to go and to spend time in the world and observe to sit there on trains and write Mm. about this person that's sitting across from them Mm. until they look up and see you staring at them (laughs) and get freaked out but um, perhaps so from there's probably two challenges here. One would be go and do that. Go and take in a journal and observe things around you in the world. Do it every day and just see. Mm. See you, you begin to see things better. Your mm. eyes begin to be, the scales on your eyes drop off. You begin to open up to the beauty mm. of the world. And, and then perhaps the other thing as well that I, and this is a, this is a creepy freak out one that, that <laughs> I do with my, um, students and they're all like, this is the weirdest thing. It's ridiculous. Okay, just say it. Just say it. They, um, to find someone, someone who you trust, someone who's not going to totally freak out and to sit there and to look them in the eyes, to look them in the eyes and sit there for a while in the presence of each other, mm-hmm. allowing yourself to be seen mm-hmm. and and seeing someone and and choosing in that moment to push past the giggles and the awkwardness and the, all that comes up within us and just be present in their eyesight and mm-hmm. to, to, to observe. So the two things that I get them to do is observe and wonder mm-hmm. and to actually communicate that, to say that to the person that you're looking at. I observe and I wonder. Mm-hmm. I observe and I wonder. So maybe as a as an example, we can do it right now. We're sitting in this room, Joy and I, and um, we let's look now <laughs> at each other and an observation and a wonder. And make them positive things. Don't talk about the zit you see on your friend's face and wondering how much pus is inside that. Am I supposed to comment on what I'm observing? Yeah, so you, you say, I observe and, okay. and I wonder. Mm, yeah. I observe I observe your freckles. Mm. And I wonder if they came from your mother. Mm. Uh, I observe your... I observe that you see me. Mm. <laughs> I wonder if I. I wonder what you're thinking. <laughs> okay. I observe two dimples that come when you laugh, and that your there's this little crease in your. And your skin just here and your eyes when you do too and it lights things up <laughs> and I wonder if you know that your laughter lights things up 
Well, now you made me really love my wrinkles. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so it's as simple as that, everybody. Why don't you have a go? Find someone <laughs> you trust, um, who you can observe and wonder and allow yourself to see and to be seen. Mm. Um, go and observe the world. When you see wonder, run towards it. Run towards the wonder. Friends, this has been another episode of the Deep Place podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope that you do get to go into this week and, and do this observing, slowing down to observe the world around you. If you do and you want to share about that, please join us on the, the Facebook group, the Deep Place podcast community, uh, where you can share some of the, the your thoughts and questions, but also maybe some of these observations as you begin to write them and, and begin to slow down to be present to the world around you to catch your own fireflies. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Please be sharing this this podcast with your friends. Um, and, and if you're interested as well, we have a whole bunch now of uh, supporters on our Patreon, um, our Patreon site, which is patreon.com backslash the deep place podcast. It's where you go to um, give a monthly support uh, so that this podcast can happen. Um, thank you so much to those who have supported us so far. And uh, if you're interested, go along there and, um, and there you can uh, pledge some money uh, to support what we are doing here. Have a great week and we will share another podcast soon. Thanks so much.